praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Aren't you glad the dove's leading you? Praise God. Let's turn tonight to Genesis chapter 15, if you would, verse, verse 13. <clears throat> Such a privilege for us to be together again in the house of the Lord. Amen. Everybody that feels comfortable tonight can take your mask off. It's up to you. Hallelujah. It's up to you. Now, if I don't get no amens, you're getting five back on Sunday. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I know it's so hard on you, children. I have to get out and go a little bit, and when I wear one, I tell Carol, I don't know how in the world people make it. She said, you ought to wear one. I said, you can imagine me wearing one preaching. I'm, I'm so sorry we've had to. Genesis 15, 13. How many wants to get in the spirit tonight? <clears throat> and he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve, will I judge. And afterward shall they come out with great substance. Now this is God's word, and he's going to take somebody to prove it by. Hallelujah. Verse 15, And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And me believes God has a time and a season for his word to be fulfilled. Now, it's not only just a time for the righteous and the good, but as we can see from this scripture, that there's also a time that the evil must be filled. Let me read you this in Question and Answers in 1954. We've got to get in the spirit of the last days when the last days are here. You go to a dance hall and you've got to get in the spirit of dancing or they won't dance. Now, I've never been to a dance hall, so I don't know anything about them. Uh, but I do remember talking to a man that used to come to church here years ago and uh, <clears throat> I'd talk to him and talk to him and talk to him about the Lord and try to make it so simple and I'd spend two and a half hours with him on the phone and after I'd get done with him, he still wasn't sure if the Lord loved him and all this rigmarole. Anyway, finally, he finally come out and just told me that he really, really had a problem. I said, well, what, what, what is it? He said, I love to get on that dance floor and start dancing. Now, in my mind, I thought, I can't hardly believe this because I knew that guy very well and I thought I cannot imagine you on the dance floor. <laughs> but apparently there was something about dancing that had such a grip on him that he couldn't let go of dancing to let go of the Lord. And I simply told him, look man, all you need to do is change 
partners. We're not against dancing. We're just against dancing with the devil's tongues. Right? But it shows that there's a spirit that goes with dancing, with drinking, with many of these things. He said you go to church and you've got to get in the spirit of worship before you can worship. The world's got to get in the spirit of the last days before the last days can come. And we're in the spirit of the last days. Now, if this is 1954, what about now, 2021, almost 2022? And God's promise that these things would be here, and that's what we've got. We're in the last days, and men and women are setting asleep and don't realize it. Oh my, don't let it be me, Lord. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you so much tonight. We're so glad to be back together again, Father. We just love church. I'm not talking about the formality of just gathering together as some type of social something. Church is not a social event to us. It's a place where we worship and we sing and we pray and we hear testimonies of what you've done and we make our requests known and we sense that great mighty God that we're going to see is with us. We so long, Lord Jesus, to be together in your presence. We thank you for this opportunity again tonight, Lord. We pray that you'd take your word and just speak to us, Father. Would you make your word real? The needs of your people, we're asking you, Lord, that you just be mindful, Father God. Lord, I've got a brother on my heart tonight, and I don't want to say his request, his need, but Lord Jesus, you know my heart. You know who it is, and Father, he's in a great need right now, Lord, I pray You'd move for my brother, dear God. All those others that are sick and afflicted, Father, would you move for your children, we pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints of God said, Amen. Wow. Deacon brothers, if y'all hand out another mask, I'm going to skin you off. That sounded like my church saying, Amen. God bless you. you. can be seated. Sister Joanne Tessa, we're so glad to see you back in church tonight. I was looking today, <clears throat> and I did a, I wanted to do a, church, a study on the spirit of. So you put in a quotation mark to the left, and then you type in your words then you put a quotation mark at the end of whatever words you want to be together in that conjunction of joining it together. And I found over 3,500 quotes that the prophet was talking about the spirit of this and the spirit of that, the spirit of God, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of blindness, the spirit of darkness, the spirit of the last days, spirit of the last times, on and on and on and on. <clears throat> Over 3,500 times in the message that it was mentioned. And I found so many that were quite overwhelming of what actually has a spirit 
that goes along with it. So there was a spirit of fear, a spirit of joy, a spirit of love, a spirit of happiness. So many different things that was connected with a spirit. And then I found where he had made reference to the book of Ephesians where that Paul had said by the Holy Spirit of promise. And then I began to realize that God not only has a spirit that motivates his people, but the devil also being a spirit being. And Satan has all types of spirits, which are demons, that motivate his people. And we know that the spirit of blindness that would grab a hold of a optical nerve and the prophet rebuked that several times and he would speak to that demon and he said thou demon that has a hold of that optical nerve and then he would command it to let go then he would speak also to another demon apparently a different one in the form of cataracts and then he would call that demon. So as I began to look at that, I realized how diversified that the kingdom of darkness really is. And how that Satan chooses so many different aspects to be able to manifest himself because he is a spirit being. So we can see why that the world actually cannot enter into the fullness of the last days until the lid has been tore off of hell and it would allow demon spirits to be able to pour out in every direction. So we know when all hell breaks loose, all of heaven comes down. So it's a parallel, I believe, of where we are, don't you? So God, you know, God knew that this would happen so it didn't take him by surprise at all. And God knew that the people in the days prior to the antediluvian destruction, that before that time could come, God could not make it come upon the earth because God is not the author of sin, sickness, disease, trouble, heartache. But it's as if though that God allows Satan a release in time by which he's able to anoint his people and anoint the people of the world in a way that they hadn't been anointed quite before. And something comes upon the earth as if hell begins to vomit out or something comes out from the gates of hell. Now keep this in mind, the gates of hell that something begins to release from the gates of hell. Remember it was an angel there that had them bound in Revelation as we see it. And whenever there was a great chain that was released and a key that unlocked and when it did smoke arose out of the bottomless pit and Apollyon and Abaddon being his name, the Greek and it released one out of this prison which was held captive there. So we can see by these intervals that God does not let Satan move as he wishes. He cannot be able to go upon the earth even as he so desires. Remember the book of Job and God asked him, where have you been? He said, walking up and down the earth, seeking whom I may devour, being able to do what I can. So even then we see that he must seek. He must actually seek out what he can do. 
He must find avenues, resource, channels by which he can flow through. So he doesn't just have free course at any time. And this convinces me that a lot of times the things that you and I allow to go on our lives, it's not that Satan had the power to do it. He was watching us and waiting for a moment of weakness. That he could not do it at will. He could not do it just because he hates you, and he certainly does. But don't you know that if he had the power to do against us at leisure, all of us would done be dead? Don't you believe all the real saints of God would done be wiped off the earth? So sometimes God allows him to come against us, and I'm convinced more than we realize that sometimes we allow him to come against us. And it's not so much that it's necessarily the will of God, but in the moment of weakness, when we've not prayed, when we've not really been where we ought to be with the Lord, and Satan will watch us in that time of weakness, you know, as that happened to all of us. But it ought to make us as the children of God want to be more alert, more aware, and more conscious of our stand in the truth that Satan cannot come and push us over just any time he wishes to. But there is an allocation of demonic warfare that has been released in every age. And we know that actually the world wars followed the administration of the release of God. We can look down through the church ages as God sent a message and it was the blast of a gospel trumpet. And when you look whenever that trumpet reverberated across the earth and you'll watch the wars, the Napoleonic wars, and you'll watch the wars in Europe, following after Luther's Reformation, and you watch in the Reformation under Wesley, and you watch wars as they begin to break out. And it's actually because the gospel trumpet has sounded and it has declared a war. Then you watch the natural wars and the plagues that will follow whenever that happens. You ever study on the plagues and how they parallel to the release of the messages of God down through the church ages? You think it just happened to be that the bubonic plague and many of these things has happened at leisure but notice how that after the message of God strikes the earth and the light of God comes on the earth and the people reject it then watch what happens all types of calamity and diseases and all sorts of things will happen to the inhabitants of the earth wake up America wake up message people don't you understand one of the things we're going through right now is part of the finale of the rejection of the world against the message of the end time? And let me tell you right now, you think COVID is bad? COVID is nothing compared to what's fixing to come. We are still under the dispensation of the grace of God. If Satan is allowed to do all that has been done just under COVID itself, under the rainbow of the blood of the Lord Jesus covering the earth, then I want you to contemplate for a few minutes what it's going to be like when the Lord lifts the bride off the earth and the blood is removed from the mercy seat. There will not be one more Gentile that 
will be saved. And the Bible says, woe, 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 and to the inhabitants of the earth, for the devil has come down unto them, and he knows that he has but a short time to work. I'll tell you one thing, I don't wanna be here. And I'll tell you one thing, you don't wanna be here either. If it's bad right now and we've seen all this went on in the last year and a half or so, what will it be once the Lord Jesus takes away his sweetheart out of this earth and the devil is allowed the full strength of his dominion to manifest all he's wanted to do for thousands of years? Hide us, O rock of ages. But, you know, we don't want to just focus on the negative side. And we know the negativity must also be preached in order to magnify the greatness of the positive side of what God is doing. But what we want to look at tonight is that we must get in the spirit of the word, the, the allotment or the increment of the word that God has allocated for us. And if Satan cannot stop you as a believer from embracing the message of the hour and you believe it with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, if he cannot make you deny this word and say, well, I'm not following no more, then he will try other tactics to get you to change your focus of what's really so important in this life. He'll cause so many troubles in our homes, troubles on the job, troubles in our church, troubles around us everywhere, so that we, by our troubles, devalue, not intentionally, but we devalue you what we are setting under and that is the impact of the revealed word of the hour. Are we having troubles, church? Sure we are. Are we having problems? Are we having issues? Sure we are. But our God is greater than our issues. Our God is greater than everything that we are going through. And the church said, Why? Because he told us greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now sometimes God will say his word and he will let it lay there for years. In this case, it's gonna be the fourth generation, 430 years after God tells them this and Abraham, you're not gonna see it, but it will be your seed. And God even tells them, bad things are gonna happen to your children. Bad things are gonna happen to your seed. And I'm gonna go ahead and warn you, he said, this nation that does this to them, I will punish them. Now God's gotta have somebody to fulfill this word. God is not speaking of cherubims. He's not speaking of an angelic host, but God is speaking of human beings. Human beings that are worthy of his word? No. Let me tell you tonight, all the heroes of God that have lived down through time, there has not been a one of them that has been worthy of the grace or the blessing or the things of God. So some of you fight this that you're unworthy and you're unworthy well join the rest of a unworthy mortals because there ain't none of us worthy of the grace of God, the goodness of God, the power of God. That's why it's grace because God gives it to us. It is unmerited favor. Now watch God unveils his revelation to Abram and now he changes his name in chapter 22 of course into Abraham. 
Genesis 22, 15, and the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. Notice now, this was the angel of the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the angel of the Lord, which was Christ. The often pre-existence form of the Lord Jesus before a human appearance. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven, saying the second time, and said, by myself I have sworn. So this angel is the very person of God, or it is the personage of God taken on a form that can deal with human beings, saith the Lord. For because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thine son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Now again, this is a promise and God is going to use mortals, not angels, but human beings to fulfill his word. Now, I hope you understand tonight this promise of Genesis 22, 17 is still just as present and ongoing as it was when the theophanic appearance of Christ appeared to Abraham thousands of years ago. Now, the promise naturally was made in the first happenstance of it into the, the natural seed of Abraham, but now we have excelled and went beyond the natural genealogy of Abraham, and we are the spiritual seed of Abraham from dust to stars. Amen. So our destiny is coming back from stars to dust because we come from there. We'll come back here and take up earthly bodies. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Now watch, there's a great parallel that lays in this terminology that the angel of the Lord, or Christ Michael, had now spoke. And he said, thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Once you notice that it's all gathered up, it doesn't say they, not they but they shall possess the gate of his enemies, so it's gathered in the personal pronoun. Now I realize we're living in a woke generation, and we're living in a generation when people don't like his and her, and one of our states yesterday just passed a law to where that, you know, you don't have to be either a male or a female as far as gender, but you can put it on all your official documents, and Congress, of course, wanted to get rid of he and her, and congressman, and congresswoman, and make them just a neutral saying, well, I may be a little bit old-fashioned, but I still believe God knows the difference between men and women. Now, I realize a lot of the blind Laodiceans are so blind that they can look at what looks like a woman, but they don't want to call it a woman. And they look at what looks like a man, but they don't want to call it a him because they don't want to offend nobody. Well, I don't want to offend somebody, but it's the right body. And if I've got to offend you to keep from offending him, well, you know the rest of the story. But we know how the world is. They don't want to offend anybody out there. Yeah, I see who you don't want to offend. You don't want to offend these bunch of men that goes around kissing men and women that kisses women and they got their hair all green and purple and polka dot stripes and they look like something that come out of the Einstein Institution, but you don't care to offend us wrongly ones that's got a right mind. You don't care to laugh about us and make fun of us. Come on now. If you don't want to offend somebody,
somebody, take this practice and don't offend the salt of the earth because when the salt's taken, this thing's gonna turn into a big mess. You see, this is the secret to this verse. He who possessed the gates is he who possessed the city. He who possessed the gates possessed the cities. He who possessed the cities possessed the country. So your God is giving them a promise that shows them whatever gates that will come against you in your conquest to take this land. I will give you those gates. Now, in the Old Testament, many of those gates, of course, were natural gates and it was a parable of what would be a type of us and what our spiritual gates are and many of us have gates tonight. Many of you have got gates in your life that's trying to hinder you from a full possession of what God wants you to have. But this is your promise. You might as well go ahead and put your name in there and the angel of the Lord said to Dave Swanson or the angel of the Lord said to Jackie Tipton or to Carol or Wade or Anna or whoever more and you've got to take this promise as personal as it is to yours. So if you've got a sickness in front of you and it's trying to wall off the blessing of God, you need to walk right up to that gate as a son of God or a daughter of God and say, gate out of my way. Hallelujah. Notice this. Brother Brown says, notice, God said your seed, the seed of Abraham, would possess the gates of his enemy. He would take the gates and possess the gates. He promised it. Now his natural seed did all of that. All of Abraham's natural seed was the prophets that came after him. So there was Moses, Abraham's seed. And when he did, he came to the gate in a line of duty. He come to the gate of the Red Sea. Now watch how he takes So Moses comes to the gate of a Red Sea. Now he's at the Gulf of Aqaba. And whenever you look at this new place that they just scientifically found just a few years ago, it looks like only one particular place by which they could come down the way of Hor and be able to cross down the described way. I'm not sure if you know it or not, but there's actually a message preacher that helped the land of Israel several years ago find the proper place where Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan. This man has been there for many, many years. He's the brother actually we went with on our latest tour a couple years ago to Israel. And he kept telling the guide that he would been there. Been many, many trips. He kept telling them, y'all got the wrong place. You've got the wrong place. Jesus was baptized where Moses and them came across. And he went back to the scripture and kept showing them it's the wrong place. But the last time we was there, we got to stand at the right place. And you can imagine Israel flew this brother from where he lives over to their big place and made a great big recognition of it. I thought, praise be to God. Why? Because a message brother that was taught in the scripture and was able to help these people of antiquity and as we stood there and there stood right across where Moses and them saw the land, the promised land of what God said. They just recently built a place there and all the people's coming down and being baptized and now they've changed it to where this is a place Jesus is baptized. Why? Because Jesus in the Old Testament form of Yahshua or Joshua is the very same place he crossed. 
though they come up to this place and what is it? There is a gate. So they come to the Gulf of Aqaba and whatever they do, so they send the sonar down through the Gulf of Aqaba and they find there's only one strait by which they can come across. And what did God do? God allowed the enemy to come right in. They come down to this narrow Gulf of Aqaba and when they get in there, the mountains is all around them. They are totally surrounded and they get in and they can't get out. That sounds like the way my father likes to do things sometimes. And if you ever see the way it's laid out, these gigantic mountains up on both sides, you've got the Red Sea in front of you and you turn this way to go out and you can't get out because here comes the army of Pharaoh and God allowed you to get hemmed in. How many's ever been hemmed up like that before? Wow, you think, why would God do that? To express his glory. Oh, to show he's greater than the rocks. He's bigger than the Red Sea. He's bigger than your affliction. He's bigger than your disease. My, my. So here come Moses in the line of duty. And what did he run into? The gate of the Red Sea. After teaching the children of Israel the promised land that God had promised, he was God's prophet. He had been manifested before the people as God's prophet. Well, how many can say that we've had one come in our day that was manifested in even a greater way? Thank God. He goes on to say in the same paragraph down below a bit, right in the line of duty, he come up against something that he know not what to do. That was the Red Sea. Well, what? happened, the seed of Abraham was promised to possess the enemy's gates. So when the Red Sea became a gate that he couldn't come through, God moved upon the scene and took the gate and went away with it. And Moses walked across the sea on dry land, his seed possessed the gate. Praise God, his seed possessed the gate. How many is the seed of Abraham tonight? How many's got a need in your life? You need to change the name of that need to a gate. A gate of disease, a gate of poverty, a gate of fear, a gate of anxiety. And let serve notice on that gate tonight. Look out gate, here I come. Hallelujah. But remember, we must get in the spirit of the Lord to be able to make this happen. Let me go to one of Brother Darrell's favorite characters to preach about in the Old Testament. And he could take my notes right now, and I'm sure do a much better job on this guy. His name is Shamgar. Judges chapter five, three, verse 30. So Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel and the land had rest for fourscore years. And after him was Shamgar, the son of Anas, which slew the Philistines 600 men with an ox goad. And he also delivered Israel. Now, Shamgar is a, a different sort of a hero. You know, a lot of folks get in their mind that all of God's heroes are those of great genealogy and those that come from a great, oh my great, great matriarch of a mother and a great patriarch of a father and they got saved when they were four or five years old, filled with the Holy Ghost when they were about eight or nine. They walked the straight and the narrow way. They went to the monastery in Tucson and then they moved to the monastery in Jeffersonville and then they moved to a monastery here and there and there. They never had no. 
Well, that's the way some of y'all talk to me when you talk about how low down and rotten you all are. You act like everybody that ever mounted anything, never said anything wrong, and never done nothing wrong. I'm not sure what comic book you're reading, but if I was you, I'd get rid of it. God's heroes have been some of the weakest, most flawed, most disrespected, most looked down upon human beings that ever walked on the earth. You know, Samson was a great, mighty man. His birth was announced by an angel of God. He was a consecrated special man. But God don't have all of his heroes to be Samson's. Here's another hero of the Bible by the name of Shamgar. Now, let's look at Shamgar a little bit. Shamgar is a foreign name or Hurian. H-U-R-R-I-A-N. Hurian. Shamgar is not a Jewish name at all. Shamgar is a foreign Huron name, and Anas is the name of the Canaanite goddess of sex and war. Ah, oh, so you've got a Hurian name, and your daddy is named after a goddess of sex and war. Well, that wouldn't be much to be proud of, would it? Now, how many of y'all won't say, tell that's what your daddy's name was? Or your mama's name. Well, some of that might not have been your daddy's name, but it was your daddy's nature. Or your mama's nature. Well, go ahead and come on down now. And some of you wound up at that same rotten, sorry thing. And then you look at yourself and say, well, I've battled this thing all my life, whatever it is. I ain't no good. I'll never amount to nothing. Can you imagine Shamgar had to live above a Hurian name? The Hurians were a people that lived before Abraham. The Hurian text, the cuneiform, one of the ancient things of archaeology, if you know anything about it. It's one of the ancient deeds by which they reference and they're able to determine how much that Abraham was able to pay for his land. So the Hurian text, it's a great, a great artifact. And this, this man, why in the world would any Jewish mother and father name their son after a Hurian name? It'd be like calling your son Ricky. Knowing what the prophet said about it. Well, come on now, Elvis, rat, cat, dog, mouse, you know, something like that. Now, notice this warrior. So his name is a Hurian name. His daddy's name is named after the goddess of war and sex goddess. She was actually the sister of Baal. And this is your daddy's name. Well, how come you folks are not moving? Some of y'all ain't even batting an eye. Well, go ahead, friends. Just go ahead and be identified with it. That's where some of us were. Our daddy was low down and rotten and our mother and our grandma and this and that and the other. Yeah, sort of like Shamgar. Let's not just go to Shamgar with the ox goat, but let's go with Shamgar pre-ox goat. What did Shamgar have to deal with within himself feeling like God would ever use him? A Hurian name and his daddy calls such a thing. Oh my. Notice this. Judges chapter three, verse 31. And after him was Shamgar 
the son of Anath, which slew of the Philistines 600 men with an ox goad. Now we know it was the manner of the Philistines that they would allow the Jews to go in and plant the crops. And then when it come harvest time, for them to be able to take their corn and their wheat or whatever more in, you know what them sorry things would do? They would invade the land, and why were they even there in the first place? Because the children of Israel, the forefathers of this man and many others, did not drive them totally out. And God said, because you don't do that, I'm going to leave them here and they're going to be a thorn in your side. So they were every year, they wouldn't go in there in the springtime and dig it all up whenever it's planted. Why no, why in the world do that? But let them Jews get out there and work all that corn and work all that barley and all that wheat. And then whenever it come time to harvest it and get ready to take it to the market, here they'd come. Well, year after year, this had happened to old Shamgar. Now maybe Shamgar said, you know what? I, I'm not a worthy guy. I, I'm not a good guy. Look at my name. Look at what I've been. Look at my my daddy, everybody in Israel knows who I am. Oh my, they know what kind of background that I've got. Oh sure, I can see God using Moses. I can see God using this man or this woman. But why would God ever use a man with a Hurian name? Why would God ever use a man whose father was named after a sex goddess? But God said, I choose you to fulfill a couple of verses in the book of Judges. Now, he never reigned 40 years. He never reigned 20 years. He was not a judge for 15 or 20 years. According to history, about one year. But he made the pages of the book. And he had to make them pages of the book over his own frailty, over his own background. Go oh, I wish somebody would preach with me tonight. Over his own background, over his own name. Can you imagine dealing with all the humiliation and the shame and so on that he went through, but somehow something raised up in this man. So year by year, they would come in. Oh my. And there was a band of thieves and robbers. Ah. Oh. You know what? They've got different names today, but it's the same devils that anointed them Philistines. It's fear of COVID. Anxiety of COVID. Nervousness about this. Oppression about that. Sadness about that. I think some of you daughters of God tonight need to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And say, you rotten, stinking devil. You've stole my health. You've stole my son. You're trying to take my daughter. But as a daughter of God, I let you know gates of hell. I'm claiming my children for the economy of God. I will take my ox goad. I will take my hammer and my nail. I will abuse whatever God's put in my hand. Give them back, Satan. Oh my. These guys got so bad that according to the book of Judges chapter five, verse six, in the days of Shamgar, the son of Enes, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied and the travelers 
walk through byways. Now, it was so bad, so like New York, Denver, Portland. It got so bad that people were afraid to even use the four lane, as we'll say. They were afraid to use the main highway, so they started cutting little paths from farm to farm. And they were so terrified because of all these thieves that were on the main highway. Well, let me tell you something. There's another great main highway that has invaded many of the lives of the people of the world. It's called the highway of social media. Well, glory to God, it's invade many of our lives, many of our homes, and many of us would be better off if we spent more time on our knees before the presence of God instead of our phone or our laptop at our fingertips calling on the name of our children before the presence of God and meeting these Philistines, uncircumcised devils of lust and idolatry and music and movies and all kinds of stuff that's trying to steal our homes, oh my. And we let them Philistines know, I am a possessor of the gates. Oh, but Brother Donnie, I just get so caught up with it. If you can't handle a smartphone, get a dumb one. They still make the flip ones. If you ain't got enough in here to keep you from getting on to the stuff that you ought not to be here, get you a phone. I'd rather carry one around that big. I mean, like this, you're on it that big. My goodness, I'd rather have that than be tempted every day of my life if I ain't got enough Holy Ghost to control it. Can you just imagine? He walked into his house that day and said, wife, I believe God's going to help us. Look at it. I want you to come here look. Grabbed her by the, arm, by the hand, the arm. Prophet said her clothes was all ragged and tattered. Little children looked support and peaked. They'd about starved to death. Because all the Philistines would leave them was just enough seed corn and enough seed taters so they'd plant their crop next year. So they had to ration everything they ate for the rest of the winter. So in case some of you are thinking, God is running out of joy, let me tell you, he's got abundant supply. If you're afraid that we're gonna shout all the joy out, don't worry, we could shout now for another 100 billion years and never shout it all out. Well, Brother Donnie, I'm, I'm afraid I'll have to ration his goodness and his mercy. He's got more than you and I can ever imagine. Oh my, why we ought to come into those back doors back yonder with such joy in our heart that we're so glad to be in the house of God and we're coming to sing and we're coming to worship and we're coming to pray and we're coming to say amen to the word and we're just coming to let hell know whose side we're on. Oh, glory to God. Sometimes I just like to show up and say, hey devil, have you took note? I'm here. I'm here, devil. I want you to know whose side I'm on. Oh, mom. I want you to notice this. So the Bible says 
I trembled Shamgar, the son of Anath, which slew the Philistines 600 men with an ox goad. An ox goad is an instrument of wood about eight feet long, armed with an iron, iron spike or brass at one point on one end, which was to spur the ox and also to scrape the plow. What a weapon. Our government spends millions of dollars on trying to outsmart the Russians and the Chinese. And God uses an ox code. <laughs> Glory to God. God can take one little simple believer that's facing things and the doctors are baffled. Their, side, their tests come back. We don't understand. We don't know this. We can't understand. We can't put it all together. And God can take one little simple person and yeah, they're using less than an ox go, but they're using their face and they aim it right toward the gate of that enemy and they walk in the doctor's office and the doctor says, I don't even know what it was, but it's gone. Whatever it was, it's disappeared. And the doctor's scratching the head and trying to figure it out, well, we don't exactly know what it is. And yet we want to put our trust in all the great things of man. I'm grateful for everything that science can do. But my answer is not science. My answer is God. If God uses science, I say praise the Lord. But you know as well as I do, there's many times science don't know what to do to help us. Praise God. Well, I mean, this guy's a farmer. So he don't walk out there and pull out of his pack. Ah, here's a super scanner. I'll aim this laser right toward their heads. And it'll do this and it'll somehow separate the dumiflotchet from the, you know, the whatchamacallit on that side. And it'll divide the perennial side from the right side. And it'll do so and so. But he just looked at it and said, hallelujah. I believe this will do it. It moves oxen. Surely it can move humans. It can clean a plow. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I've had God clean my plow many a time, ain't you? You see, the Philistines had taken every sword. You understand, in the, in the, in the camp of Israel, there was not one sword left. There was no helmets, no shields, no bucklers. There was not one weapon. So the devil thought. Listen to me, friends. I want you to remember this quote. Greatest battle ever fought. You see his attack? Watch. Listen. Close as close. His attack is what? Disbelieve God's word. That's his attack. Now, can't you see the greatest battle that's ever fought? There's only two forces, Satan and God. And what's Satan's weapon against you? Try to get you to disbelieve your weapon. And you know, several years ago, the Russians had one of their MiG fighters. And it was reported that that thing could fly like 2.8 Mach. And then someone else said, no, 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 it's, it's way faster than that. It's 3.2. 
And when the Americans began to hear about it, it terrified them. Because at that time, they didn't have anything that would anywhere come close to this. So they started ramping up and building faster and faster. Pratt and Whitney and all the different ones started building their engines so much more thrust so they could be able to do this and that and the other. But you know what? One day, a Russian pilot flew one of those MiGs into a U.S. base and turned it over to the Americans. And whenever they did all, they were so tickled that they got it. But you know what they found out? They found out that thing wasn't near as bad as what they were told. You know what it was? Propaganda. They already found out their they already found out their jets were already faster. They were better. They could fly higher. But it was propaganda that was telling them we got something you don't got. That's exactly what he does to you and I. He wants to tell us the word ain't good enough. Oh, you don't need to go to church. All oh, the message ain't good enough no more. Yes, it is. Oh, you need something better. You need something to add to it. Oh, no, we don't. God gave us the best he had, and that was his word. It's faster. It's fly higher. It'll raise you up. Oh, glory to God. No matter what the devil says. But he'll want to tell you, mine's worse than yours. I'm bad to the bone. He said, remember the man with the dream? The devil said, boo. And the man, boo. And then something like raised up in him. He said, boo back. And whenever he started booing the devil, every time he booed the devil, the devil would get littler and littler. Why? He was bluffing him. So his weapon is to try to make you doubt your weapon. So it is like he's spent all these years of these great polished things. Oh my, he's got years and years and years. He's using the same thing he used on Eve in the Garden of Eden. Make you doubt your weapon. Praise God. But sometimes all it takes is somebody that knows what the God. What you hear there, Brother Kirk? I'm right on you. <laughs> Don't move, buddy. Let the devil laugh. Let him make fun. The instruments we have been issued have <laughs> They have fought wars down through time. Amen. They have overcome death, hell, and the grave. <laughs> Satan's weapon against you try to get you to disbelieve your weapon. He disarms you. So here you've got these nuclear, if you wish to call it that. You've got these warheads. They're just now breaking into hypersonic, hypersonic missiles, hypersonic airplanes. They're wanting to come up with helicopters that can fly thousands of miles, hypersonic speed. You know what that means? It's faster than the speed of sound. Already they're traveling at 4.5 Mach 
that that's four times the speed of sound. Moving that fast, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 miles an hour. Do you understand? Some of our most secretive airplanes can be across the Atlantic Ocean in less than an hour's time and can send missiles from hundreds and hundreds of miles away and they're building them now where the bombers will not even have a man in them. They'll be controlled from a remote control. Lord God, if man is able to build a bomber that he can send up there. You remember the SSR-71, the Blackbird, able to fly 72,000 feet, fly so high that they couldn't even see it, didn't even know it was there. They tried to send up whatever more after they couldn't even know it was there. And now they're making the brother to it, and it's going to be where they can fly with a pilot or without, and will be controlled. Oh, glory to God. If man can able to make a machine like that, why cannot we surrender to the Holy Ghost? And instead of us flying our life, instead of us us doing the bombing. Let the master in the control room. Oh, glory to God. Let him remotely control our lives. Go back, straight forward, dip, dive. Hallelujah. Listen, the prophet said, if he can get you to disbelieve, your weapon is equivalent if he gets you to believe that your weapon is not strong enough. He's disarmed you. Well, I'm not sure. I've tried the word, but it don't seem like it's working. Oh God, oh God, I've, I've quoted your word. The word works, children. Yeah. But what's man do? Better, better, faster, faster, more, more. I just saw a picture yesterday of a General Four class ship that they're placing out $13 billion. $13 billion, the largest in the world. Never been nothing like it. Why? America wants to be the top dog. I hate to say it, but there's bombs over there with your name wrote on it, America. Because you turned down God's word. I don't have a Nimitz class. I don't have a Gerald R. Ford class. I'm of the Jesus Christ class. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Oh, Brother Neville, I hope you never disbelieve that. Look, he disarms you when he gets you to disbelieve that weapon. When you lay that down, that finishes your fight. You're done. Hold that weapon. Don't lay it down. Well, I don't mind telling you. To slay 600 Philistines with an eight foot long stick with a piece of metal on the end of it is a miracle within itself. In reality, if you kill 600 of them in a lifetime, when we're talking about trained men, they were hardened, they were callous, they were professionals. And you kill 600 in a lifetime, brother, I'll tell you what would give you the purple heart. But you kill 600 in one stand? 
in one time. Don't you see what God is doing? God is saying, I have given my word. Some human being is going to take the gates of the Philistines. And you're still a man that don't, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. Look at my background, look at this, look at that. You can look at that all you want to and go nowhere. Or you can look at that something that is pulsating inside of your heart. Why not me? Instead of, well, not me, not me. Why not you? Why not me? Why not you, Brother Rob? Why not you, Brother Paul? Why not you, some of you, sister? God's going to have somebody that'll defeat cancer. Why not you? I could have stood up there and said, Really? I mean, come on, God. Looks like to me, if you'd wanted me to do this, you'd have given me a whole lot better stuff to work with. That sounds like AKA Donnie Reagan. Looks like to me, God, if you wanted me a better preacher, you'd make me like Tim Pruitt or make me like Ron Spencer or make me like this and that. They said, I want you to be like him. I want you to be an old ox goat. I want you to be about so tall and so wide. And Homer Longoria said, whenever you stand underneath the clothesline, you you drink red Kool-Aid, you look like a thermometer standing sideways. I don't want you to be a big man. I don't want you to be a smart man. I just want you to be a stick in my hand. I'm going to use you to clean some plows around the rest of it. I'm going to use you to slay Philistines. Hallelujah to God. I'm going to use you to make nervous devils nervous. Well, I want to tell you something tonight. Friend, that's not just said about me. I believe God's got laity all over the world, young men, young women, that has got a purpose in you being here. I I, I love the way the prophet dramatizes this. I see him look down at his little wife, ragged sleeves, about naked. Look at his little children, their little faces were pale, starved to death. These big old husky Philistines come in Take what they've got. They're sure to starve through the winter. It's about like the little church today. Brother, pale, anemia. What we need is the courage and the word of God. Stand out there and let them old robbers come up, run them away. Now Shamgar said, now look here. I'm not no warrior. I can't fight. There's 600 men. What am I going to do? I can see him pace back and forth. He didn't know what to do. Coming closer, trump, trump, trump. A few minutes, all of his oats would be gone. All the wheat and corn would be gone. Everything he laid up, his family would be starved. Everything he'd done had been taken off that big enemy country there, given to the enemy. The first thing you know, here we go. God. Oh, oh. Yeah, brothers, beyond the Nimitz class and the Gerald R. Ford class, here we come to deity class. Oh, glory to God, it ain't me, it ain't you, it ain't us as a group, it's one God. It's one God. God began to move on him, I like that. He began to get angry. My, he looked around and he thought, oh my, I'm an Israelite. I'm circumcised. That's uncircumcised Philistine coming up there. I'm not a soldier. 
I ain't got time to go out here and take some lessons and learn how to duel. Little late for dueling, buddy. Them Philistines were not duelers, they were killers. Listen, friends, these demons we are fighting, they are not proper dealers, they are killers. They are thieves, they are robbers, they are murderers and liars. We don't need to learn how to duel, we need to pull our sword. I'm giving you your last warning, devil. One step closer and you lose that smile. How would you like for me to rearrange your face and put your nose where your ear is? I'm warning you. I'm a son or daughter of God. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm sick and tired of you treading on my peace. I'm sick and tired of you treading on my joy and my health. And my God said, oh, hallelujah, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. He said, you know what an ox goat is? Little old thing had a brass knob on the end of it. You beat the cattle through the corral with. Reached up there and got that ox goat. Well, you ain't much, but neither am I. He reached up there and got that ox goat. He didn't have time to train to be some kind of fighter. The emergency was at hand. Oh, glory to God. He had to do it. Then God gave the promises. And when God gave the promise to Abraham, he said he would possess the gates of his enemies. Shamgar believed that. I challenge anyone in this building tonight or anyone that will hear this that's got enough faith, take the name Shamgar to that quote and put yours in it. I challenge you as a servant of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at the odds against him or her, whichever one it is. God only needs one man. Just let him get one man in his hand. The world will think he's crazy, but he'll drive home the gospel when he's done thoroughly convinced that Jesus Christ remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. What if Sam God said, now wait a minute. I've got to wait them coming. I better go away to some school a little while and learn how to make a denominational creed duel. Duel with them. No, if he'd have done that, that's all he'd have ever known. But he'd never done the job of this dueling. He took God at his promise that he would possess the gate of his enemy. Can I use one more? One that's much more famous. Man by the name of Samson. Judges 16, 2, and it was told, the gaze out saying, Samson has come hither. And they compassed him in and laid wait for him all night in the gate of the city. And were quiet all the night saying, in the morning when it is day, we shall kill him. And Samson lay till midnight and arose at midnight and took the doors. The doors of the gate of the city and the two post. Now I'll tell you one thing, it'd take a good strong man to take both of these doors and there's probably brothers in here that could do it. But let me give you a little clearer picture. The 
theologians, historians, and archaeologists who have found and dug into the city of Gaza and found where these ancient gates at one time stood say that them gates, are you ready, weighed between eight and ten tons. Ten feet wide, two feet thick. Hello? <laughs> Between 16 and 20,000 pounds. Not a crane, a shrimp. Remember the prophet said he didn't have shoulders the size of a barn door. He was a little short, curly-headed mama's boy. <laughs> well, glory to God. Hallelujah. It wasn't that he had great big old muscles like Hercules and Charles Atlas and all of that. My, that wasn't a miracle. It was when the Spirit of God moved on this little curly-headed shrimp. Glory to God. So he picks up the gates and the bars. Notice what the Bible says, and he carried them up to the top of a hill that is before Hebron, 20 miles away at an elevation of over 3,000 feet higher than where he was. So he's going uphill. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah! 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 Eight to ten tons, glory to God, 16 to 20,000 pounds uphill. Up. I always knew this was a miracle, but I didn't realize how great it was till the other day, and I got to study it. I nearly burnt the carpet up downstairs in my study. I thought, Lord God, you're the same God. You're the same God in our time of need. Oh, I went upstairs and told Carol about it. Saw one of the brothers at the church, shared it with him this week about Lowe's. I've been about ready to blow up to tell somebody. I'm glad y'all here tonight so I can tell you. 20 miles, 16. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I can tell by looking at some of y'all's faces, you say, that ain't nothing compared to what I'm packing. But let me tell you something. That was a symbol. You see, Samson, not in his weakness with the women, but there was a symbol embedded in this. You see, the gates of Gaza have been referred to as the gates of hell. The Lord God wanted a tie back to Abelidale. So the enemy compassed him round about and soldiers around his tomb. Hallelujah. And about midnight, he got up 
and cheated death. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. So before three days had passed, I can see our Lord Jesus come back into that body inside of that tomb, inside of the gaze of walls, if you will. All shut up, hallelujah to God. But what did he do? He broke the gates, he broke the bars. Oh, all of these men had great victories, but every one of them, when it come to die, Samson died with his enemy, and Shamgar no doubt died, and all the rest of them died, but our Lord Jesus went into death, hallelujah. He went into death, and he grabbed the hope of the gates of death, and said, my children don't fear it no more don't fear it hallelujah oh some of you will go that way but don't worry look here I've got the gates hallelujah when it comes up your sleeve don't fear I took the gates The prophet said, and a prophet he was, but he was more than a prophet. Conquered, there's nothing left to do but walk right straight in with the victor's song in our hearts. He is the great triumph one. He's the great one that was more than a prophet. Let me close with this one. When you get this spirit in you, the burdens of this life becomes light. You don't notice them anymore. Your yoke is lined with feathers. They become so easy and the people pile things on you. You know what? You're like Samson in the gates of Gaza who picked up the big brass gate and packed it up on the hill. Now listen, it's your type. And when you get to a place that the Holy Spirit has you, not you, the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit has you, you say, I got the Holy Ghost. I don't think that should be said. You must say, the Holy Ghost got me. And then when the Holy Ghost gets you, the burdens, the yoke is easy, then you pick up the big gates of Gaza and pack them straight to Calvary. Lord God, sure enough, I feel like running from the front to the back of this church. Glory to God, you pick up your parents. And what do you do with them? You don't take them home. You don't take them to your bed and lay there and ponder and worry all night. Take them to Calvary. You pick up the big gates of Gaza and you pack them straight to Calvary. And there on Mount Calvary, you lay them at the feet of Jesus and pray for your enemies. 
not with a grudge. Lord, if you'd bust him open. No, but with something within your heart that, dear God, that man is a man like I am. You see what's lacking in the church, friend? Are we going to possess these gates? The gates of rejection. When you think people don't like you. Well, nobody the church speaks to me. Nobody. And before long, that thing becomes so rotten, it pollutes you. Come on. Why don't you pack that up to the hill? Not Hebron, but Calvary. Why don't you unload that thing tonight? It'll break you, brother. It'll break you, sister. It'll break you, my friend, streaming. You can't pack a load like this long. We're only ordained by the day to carry these types of loads a very short distance from where I got it to Calvary. That's all I've got to carry. And if I can learn to carry it there, isn't it amazing? I unload my, my burden and I pray for those who trespass against me when I unload. And when I walk away, I feel so much better. I feel different. They may not like me anymore. They may hate me worse. They may talk about me more. They may run me down worse than they've ever run me down. But I laid the load of it at Calvary. And I walked back down off that hill. Can you imagine Samson when he finally got them big gates up there and just... The rabbis say those gates were 60 cubits wide, 90 feet. 90 feet wide. Can you imagine seeing a little shrimp with like a double wide trailer on his back? Well, I'm walking up the king's highway. Oh, walking up the king. And here he goes. He's just going up the hill the whole time. He ain't stopping to take a breath. He's dancing. He's rejoicing under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Imagine when he got up and just said, I'm tired of packing this old thing. And then he comes to himself. What in the world? Whoa, did we have a meeting tonight? Woo! Wow, was that church or what? And he comes to himself, how in the world did that get there? Oh, Lord, children, if you could only see what God wants to do with an ox goad, what God can do with shrimps. But some of you want to be lobsters. Let's be shrimps. Let God energize you. Then when that devil gets near, God will let your lobster claw go out. Don't you see why Satan wants to trouble us so much? Sickness, heartache, trouble. He said, get our minds off of this. He don't want us to know who we are. Get us under the fear and the trauma. Hey, this is what the rest of the world is under. They're scared to death. My, their political team don't win. They go all to pieces. They go all to pieces. Oh, no, oh, no, what are we going to do? Aren't you glad your faith is not in Washington, D.C.? Aren't you glad your faith is not in the RNC and the DNC and all the rest of them MCs and all the whatever more they are? My faith is not there. My faith is up here. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Praise God. Brother Donnie, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. My family background's bad. You don't know. I've messed up so many times. And I've done this and that and the other. Wow, sounds like you've got the credentials of a hero to me. The prophet said, if you ever make it to heaven, you will stand beside people that were so weak. You see, we have this image in our mind of what they were. A lot of these images in our mind are Hollywood images. They're not images of truth. Moses was not a great eloquent man. He was a man that couldn't talk pain. And maybe the other and couldn't get the words out right. Elijah, a man of a high temper. Look at a man like Samson. The issues and problems that man had. And the miracles that God used him for have never been replicated to this day. But he knew he was chosen of God. Well, if he could do that without even living a godly life, but based upon knowing he was chosen, what about us as saints of God? John said, if you know that your heart don't condemn you, then we know we have what we ask him. For there's no condemnation in our hearts. So we believe him. We trust him. And we have confidence when we pray. How many like to be remembered tonight? Maybe some of you aren't sick. You don't really have any pressing needs or issues. But you'd just like to be the type of person you've heard preached tonight. Not a great person in your eyes. But if God can do something for you. You see, the way to be great is to see yourself as nothing and always remain little in your own eyes. As long as we're big in our own eyes, we'll never amount to nothing. That's right. The prophet said God has a hard time trying to find a man that he can use. Because he said for many men, once he goes to using them, they want to be an angel or a god before the people. But he said if he can find somebody he can use, and the more he uses him, the littler he gets. I'll never forget years and years ago when we was over in this building now before some of you all even came here, which is now the fellowship hall. People were standing at the end of the service like this. Brother Johnson was standing there. The Johnson family was coming down from Virginia. I'm not sure that they'd moved down here at that time. But Brother Lester Johnson, the father, I mean, you never got to meet him, great brother. And when I started quoting that quote, Brother Johnson just stood there, Brother West. And I said, quoted what Brother Bram said, the more God uses him, the littler he gets. And Brother Johnson went like this. And the more he uses him, the littler he gets. And just kept on going down till his knees hit the floor. Or if we can get little in our own eyes, just take our little wax goat or our left hand or our hammer and nail or our piece of millstone, whatever it is, and then let the Lord energize us and then we'll look back like Samson and say wow wow what a place we've been in today what a service we've had awesome if we can be nothing and stay nothing let's pray together
Heavenly Father, who are we tonight that we would be invited by the great mighty King to be part of your army in the last day? I look around our ranks here tonight and our ranks around the world. We're not great, we're not mighty. Many of us aren't very smart. Probably wouldn't be one doctor's degree among us. Certainly not theology. Many of us are poor. We'd be embarrassed to be invited to the White House to speak. We wouldn't know how to talk. We'd be embarrassed to eat with the mayor maybe or the governor of the state because our manners would be so poor. And yet we're invited to eat with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Praise God. Lord, maybe all we have tonight in our hands is an ox goat. Now, that must have been a miraculous thing. We know it was because Shamgar had used this thing for years to plow and who would have ever thought you'd have ever taken that as an implement of war? A sword, a spear, an armor, or something like that, but an ox goad, which is a farmer's implement, a tool? Well, Lord, if you could use a farmer's tool, what about a wife's tool? A frying pan that as she stands there and fixes her husband and her children breakfast and supper. And it's made with not only ingredients of salt and pepper and eggs and this and that and the other, but with the ingredients of love and prayer. God, you see my husband, be with him today. God, you see my children. Father, you see our family, we have needs. Well, it may look just like a frying pan, but it's not just the frying pan, it's who's got a hold of it. And they're talking to the master. Maybe a brother's a carpenter and he's only got a hammer. Maybe he's got a nail gun, a level, this or that or the other. But it's not just the level, but it's who hold of the level. A God called man, a son of God. Oh, Jesus, take the implements that you've placed in our hands. Use them to your glory. Granted, I pray, Father, not that we would be anything, but that you would be everything. When it's all said and done, and we're allowed to come into your great kingdom, we will bow our heads as we hear you say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Lord Jesus, may every gate that's come against my people. Father, is their shepherd. I say mine simply on the fact of you placing me here to try to help them. They're not mine as far as purchase or bought, but they're mine just in the sense of me trying to help them in this journey. I love them, God. I love them with all my heart. It breaks my heart to see them suffer. It breaks my heart to see them defeated. It breaks my heart to see them fall. But Lord Jesus, may I always have your heart to go after them. Oh God, may we pick up these heavy gates that seem so difficult for us tonight. May we lay them at Calvary.
Father, sometimes I don't know how much farther I can go. I'm sure they feel that way. But Lord, help me. Help me. Help me to take these gates. And I'll be faithful all the way. All the way to Calvary. Praise God. Grant it, Lord Jesus. I mean, is that your desire tonight? Just raise your hand to the the Lord there. Thank you, Father. I mean, he just needs strength tonight. Say, Lord, I need strength. I need courage. Hallelujah. Brother Darrell, you come and pray over the people, buddy. I mean, it just has a need in your heart. Just say, Lord, you you know my need. You see it. You know what it is, Lord. I ain't got much that I could give you. I've just got a couple of loaves and some fish, just an ox goat, whatever it is, but I give it to you, Jesus. Right, buddy. Heavenly Father, Lord, we bring our needs before you tonight. Really, an affliction of your people, Lord, but you promised you'd deliver us from them all. Lord, I pray tonight, dear God, as I heard your prophet say today, that you're looking for prisoners, Lord. Someone, Lord, who will simply surrender their life to you. That we can be a tool in this last day harvest, Lord. But Father, I pray tonight. For my brother and for my sister, Lord, for these needs that they have, these gates, Lord, that the enemy would try to lock, Lord. But God, we're so glad tonight that we have the key to ever lock that Satan would try to place upon our lives. That key has been given into our hands, dear God, as possessors, Lord. Oh, God, as we realize tonight, Satan is not the gatekeeper, Lord. He has no control over the gate, Lord, but we are the gatekeeper tonight, dear God, that we have the ability, Father God, to hang our gate of praise, Lord, that when the enemy comes against us, dear God, we can enter through that gate of praise, Lord, and possess our enemy tonight, dear God, to drive him off of our property, even as Shemgar did, Lord. Oh, God, to lift the gates up, even as Samson did, dear God. But Lord, I may not be a Shemgord or I may not be a Samson tonight, but oh God, we are your children, Lord, bought by the blood of the Lamb of God, a blood-brought people tonight, Lord, who has been given a right to sons and daughters of God to possess what belongs to us. And Father God, tonight in the name of Jesus Christ, we come, Lord, with this reality, God. We come forth with this revelation of who we are, God. It's not based upon a feeling. It's not based upon an emotion, but it's solely based upon the authority given to us as sons and daughters of God and we say to you tonight Satan I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ come out of the people tonight you are defeated tonight and we are made out of stuff that does not bluff tonight we will not lay our weapon down but we'll take this word that's been given into our hand and we'll
will slay every enemy in the name of Jesus Christ tonight. Oh God, may fear leave, may oppression leave. Oh God, may the burdens of the people, may the shackles fall off tonight. For whom the Son has made free is free indeed. And we are free tonight, dear God, to worship you in spirit and in truth. There ain't no grave, there ain't no wave, there ain't no storm, there ain't no battle that's going to hold your people down, Father. For you said, God, we have come under an eagle anointing, God, and eagles are meant to fly, oh God. There's an anointing upon us that'll lift us off this earth, Lord. How we thank you for it tonight, God. Now, Lord, we lay the burdens down. We're walking away free, Lord. No more worry, God. No more fear of cancer, Lord. No more fear of oppression. No more fear of heart trouble, dear God. We lay it down tonight, and we walk away free, knowing that we are in the hand of the master. And, oh God, Satan cannot do anything to us but what you and your wisdom would allow. So tonight, God, we do not look to the enemy. We do not look to the barriers, but we look to the one who broke every barrier. And oh God, our eyes are upon you tonight. And we praise you in the storm. We lift our voice to you tonight. And we receive it tonight in the name of Jesus Christ for the glory of Almighty God. How we worship you, Lord. How we thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. How we thank you, O oh Lord. How we worship you tonight, dear God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, if you believe it tonight, just lift your hands and receive it in the name of Jesus. I am a blood-bought son and daughter of God. Amen. I am not going down. I am going up. Oh, hallelujah. I was ordained for such a time as this. I was placed upon this earth for such a time as this. Oh, God. How we thank you, Lord, that we are the light of the end time, dear God. The word of God made flesh is the light of the hour. Oh, how we thank you, Lord Jesus. How we worship you, Lord, tonight. Oh, thank you, Lord. I receive it in the name of Jesus. I receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we shall believe the report of the Lord. We shall believe the report of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. 600 laying on his property, Lord. 600 laying on his property, Lord. Oh, how we praise you, Lord God. Oh, may the sham guards arise, Lord. Grant it, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, whose report will you believe we shall believe the report of the lord whose report will you believe we shall believe the report of the lord his report says i am healed his report says i am sealed oh his report says victory whose 
Will you 
Jesus. Oh my. What a report tonight. What a report tonight. Ain't nobody can give you a report like Jesus can give you a report. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. He can tell you your sins, which are many, have all been washed away. Hallelujah. Isn't he wonderful tonight? Oh my, what an hour we're living in, friends. What an hour you say, oh my, there's such a there's such a wave. But just remember the prophet of God said, when the enemy comes in like a flood, God, the Spirit of God raises a standard against it. What is that standard tonight? It's it's not a book. It's you. The book has become you. You've become the book. <laughs> the angel descended with an open book. He gave it to John. Who had the book? John had the book. What did he do with it? He ate it. So what was in the book? Ask John. He ate it. Hallelujah. You are what you eat. I know that for a fact. You are what you eat. Amen. Amen. We're living out the words of the book. Been made flesh once again. I'm the light of the world. He said, you're the light of the world. For he is in us. Reflected himself. The moon has no light of its own. Yet it's got great light. But it's not her light. It's his light reflected through the moon. And Brother Bram said the moon and the sun are husband and wife. She's reflecting him. And the world will know once more. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Amen. I seen a sign in Iran or Iraq where all, the, where all those folks are that wants to cut your head off because you don't believe the way they believe. And I saw a sign that said, go ahead and cut my head off. My daddy will give me a new one. <laughs> Hallelujah. Fear not those that can hurt the body, friends. They can't do nothing for us. Death just takes us into his presence. We are victorious tonight. Amen. We need to come through the doors like we have the victory. Amen. Well, I don't feel like it. Good. That's, that's, that's really a good time to do it. It's when you don't feel like it. Amen. You know, I, I have a little thing. I call it a piggyback blessing. And when I see the Lord blessing somebody, I just start saying, pour it on them, Lord. Bless them real good, God. Satchel. And the next thing you know, it's all over me. <laughs> Amen. Amen, friends. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We just need to piggyback the blessings off of each other. <laughs> Amen. We're a blessed people. Have you enjoyed the word of God tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. I was thinking about Shamgard there, but he, he sure cleaned their plow, didn't he? <laughs> His wife said, my God, Shamgard, I ain't never seen you act like that in church. <laughs> what in the world happened to you? I don't know, honey. I just swung the next thing I know. God was there. I just wonder if the anointing stayed around to bury them. It's a lot of burying, 600 Philistines. 
So, honey, we got some good fertilizer, 600 bags of Philistine fertilizer. Have some good crops next year, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said, what are we going to do with all these bodies? <laughs> fertilize. Amen. May the Lord richly bless you. Just go in the fear of the Lord and remember those in need tonight. And there's a brother, Buckles, a minister brother. He's been on the ventilator now eight or nine days, and he's fighting the COVID. And just, just remember him tonight. And just call his name. Others, that come on your mind. Just, you know, they come on your mind for some reason. You may not even know why, but just when they come on your mind, just offer a little prayer for them. You never know what it means, friends, to know that when your greatest battle, somebody was praying for you. Amen. Amen. Sure love you all. Appreciate you. Such an honor to serve with you. Look forward to the day that we all gather in the daddy's house. Don't miss it, friends. Young people, don't miss it. Make sure you're there that day. Hallelujah. We all gather in there, Brother West. No more miles, no more battles. Stack our weapons, close our Bibles. Come out and say, don't cry no more, children. It's all over. Enter into the choice of the Lord. That's been prepared for you. A prepared city for a prepared people. You shall be called the redeemed of the Lord. A sought out people, a city. Hallelujah. Don't you love him tonight? It's just by our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, sometimes in your in your presence, Lord, I, I, I don't even know what to say. Lord, I can't pronounce half of the words that's in your word, but I believe them. So, Lord, I ask you tonight, just listen to my heart, Lord. For in my heart, I feel what my mind doesn't have the ability to say. But, Lord, we just love you tonight. We just thank you, Lord. For where would we be, Lord, without you? Where would we be without this great truth, Lord, this message? How we thank you, Lord, that you cared. The prophet said, when no one else cares, you still care. Thank you for caring for us, Lord. Thank you for the victories. Thank you for the battles, Lord. For there could be no victories if there were no battles. Lord, we thank you for every trial, for every test, for every battle that you've come on the scene at the right moment, Lord. When the doctor said, there's nothing I can do, you show up and show what you can do. When an enemy comes on our property, you show up, Lord, and show what you can do. How we thank you, Lord Jesus, tonight. Father, I ask you, Lord, for Brother Buckles there, God. You've just been on my heart today. May you just move for my brother, dear God. Father, I pray for my buddy, Brother Ron Spencer. Lord, it hadn't been too many years ago that we stood there in his daddy's church. And Brother Donnie ordained us to preach the gospel. 
Lord, he's always been my buddy. I pray, God, that you just help him. May your spirit move upon him, Lord. Raise him up. Give him many more sermons, Lord. Give him many more victories in the pulpit, we pray. Others, Lord, tonight, there's just too many to call, but God, thou knowest every name and every need. So, Lord, I ask you tonight to be mindful of those that are on our prayer list, God. Those whose hearts are hurting for lost loved ones, may you comfort them tonight, Lord. Those that feel lonely, may they just feel your arm around them, Lord. Tell them you're never alone. I promise you, I'd never leave you, nor would I forsake you. Those that are battling addictions tonight, Lord, may you deliver them, Father. Those that want to cut themselves to relieve the pain, oh God, may you deliver them, I pray, Father. May your spirit just move upon your children now. Go with us, Lord, as we go in the fear of the Lord. May we meditate upon these things that we've heard tonight. And God, I, I just surrender to you, Lord. Take my heart, take my life. We place it into your hands, God. I remember, Lord, that night I was so sick with COVID. I thought I was going to die, Lord. I was shaking so hard. My fever was so high, Lord, but there... I just gave myself to you as the Lord live or die. I give myself to you, Lord. Oh, God, if I'm willing to do it in sickness, may I be willing to do it every day of my life. May we be willing, Lord, to give ourselves away. Grant it, Father. Go with your children now. Father, we ask you, you bless Brother Donnie. Lord, strengthen him, God. Restore his strength to him. We pray for his family tonight, Lord. I know they've been under a great strain. May your spirit just move for everyone, Lord, we pray. And Father, my church family here, may you do something special for every one of them, I humbly ask, Lord. Go with us now in the fear of the Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, saints. Isn't he wonderful? Amen. amen. Let's sing it, Brother Harry. I give myself away. You know? Let's just sing a little bit of it as we go tonight. Aren't you glad we're able to come to the house of God again? Ain't no better place on earth to be friends than right here when anything at any moment can happen, including the body change. Amen. Oh, now, Brother Darrell, the prophet said somewhere in between six and nine. Yeah, somewhere six and nine. You don't have to be here. It'd be two in the bed, one taking one left, two in the field, one taking one left. Whether I'm in the field or in the bed, just take me, Lord. <laughs> Amen. May the Lord bless you as we go. Amen. You know, I can't sing, Brother Harry. Here I am. Here I stand. Lord, my love is in your hands. Lord.
desire, Lord, unless my desire matches yours, Lord. But, oh, God, I just give myself to you, Lord. Let my wife see you and me. Let my children see Jesus in me, Lord. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let others see Christ in us, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I bless you, saints. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My comfort, my guide, my shield, my buckler, my all and my all. Lord, we have been so blessed. The shoes on our feet, the food on our table, the clothes on our back, Lord, a good place to sleep. You have blessed us, Lord, so abundantly. How we thank you, Lord God. For your mercies, for your grace, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just love you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Sing something else, baby. This is how I find my battles mm. This is how I find my battles mm. This is how I find my battles mm. This is how I find my battles With my arms go This is how I find my battle It may look like I'm surrounded But I'm surrounded by you It may look like I'm surrounded But I'm surrounded by you It may look like I'm surrounded But I'm surrounded 
says we shall possess the gates of our enemy if he'd have said the gate you would have wondered which one he was talking about but he said gates 
that's all inclusive. You don't have to wonder which gate, no matter what the gate is, big, small, wide, short, tall, thick, it don't matter. We possess them all. Possessors of the gate. Yeah. That ought to be on a coffee cup for sure. Possessors of the gate. Amen. May the Lord bless you richly. I guess nobody wants to go home. Amen. Amen. So good to be a Christian. Just can you imagine what it's gonna be like that day, friends, if service like this and you know we don't want to leave you don't want to leave one another just stay in this atmosphere can you imagine when we'll have new bodies amen i'm gonna look for you you be looking for me i'm gonna look for you amen hallelujah I just want to thank you, Lord, for every time you heard my prayer. I just want to thank you for always being there. When I was so down and out, you came along made me want to shout <laughs> thank you if i had a thousand lives to live i'd live them all for my lord he's been so good He's been the best friend that I've ever had. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord, for every time you heard my prayer. I just want to thank for always being there yes lord when i was so down and down you came along made me want to shout i just want to thank saints god bless you richly amen If I had a thousand lives
chance to live I'd live them all For my Lord He's been so good to me That is the least I could afford He's made good times Outnumber the bad He's been the best friend That I've ever had I just want to thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. just want to thank you, Lord, for every time you heard my prayer. I just want to thank you.